everybody to go this morning with Hey Did You Know? And I just wanted to take a moment to, first of all, thank everyone who's listened to this podcast, who supports this podcast. You can find me on Instagram at Hey Did You Know, as well as on Facebook. And of course, on Twitter, you can find me under my journalist name, which is Shalane Demrest. Okay, on with the show. So today's episode of Hey Did You Know is a very important one for me. Um, not quite sure if you've caught any of my previous posts, but currently my occupation has actually shifted from journalism. I am what is known as a COVID-19 compliance officer for a production set. So even though I can't really disclose what television show that I work for, it does have me on set with a variety of people and my job basically is to ensure that the set is compliant with what's called um, in Hollywood, it's referred, excuse me, referred to as the white papers or the safe way forward. And this document actually enables um, production sets, whether it's film or television, to move forward and still work, but with certain compliance measures in place, protocols in place to make sure that everyone is safe, everything from PPE to safe distancing and so forth. So the reason why I bring this um, to the attention of this particular episode, because I have a special guest today. He is a personal friend of mine. And when I first discovered that he had COVID, it really took me by surprise because um, this individual is the epitome of health, just like Dwayne Johnson. I mean, this guy works out. He's a veteran. He's a Marine. Um, this guy is like tough as nails. And to have this thing knock him down as far as it did is startling. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and um, I'm going to play this interview that I have with Trey Mooney, who unfortunately not only contracted COVID-19, but COVID-19 had, I mean, back and forth with this gentleman for five months. But I'm going to go ahead and let him tell his story. All right. Check it out. So, guys, I am here with a good friend of mine. I had an opportunity to speak with him almost a year ago. It doesn't seem like it was that long, but almost a year ago, we were talking about um, PTSD and how, you know, he, he dealt with it. And you know, he's, he's a veteran like myself and this guy, he fought against the devil and won. So, uh, Trey <laughs> Mooney, thank you so much for coming on the show and just talking to me about it. Um, how are you feeling? My pleasure. My pleasure. I'm doing okay. You know, um, I've been out of the hospital now for about two weeks, a little over two weeks. I'm back home. Thank God. Um, you know, I'm doing okay. It, it, it's a long road. Um, once you get hit like I got hit, um, you're never out of it. it it's always going to be with you. Um, yeah. The damage that was done um, will always be there. I'll always be on medication. I'll always have heart problems. I'll always have lung problems. Um, hopefully the blood clots I'll be able to take care of. But for the most part, um, you know, I'm doing okay. I'm doing good. You know, right. for, you know, I'm not dead and I'm right. breathing, so I can't complain too much. Right. Um, so so but, let's, uh, let's, let's take it back a little bit. Hey, Trey, let's take it back a little bit because our, our guests are well, actually our listeners don't know the circumstance. They just know that, you know, this guy's sure. feeling well and he's fought, but what the heck happened to this guy? So I'm just going to sure. go ahead and express to our listeners that Trey Mooney was, uh, he had COVID, but his, his COVID experience is probably on a personal note because, you know, he's my friend. Um, probably the most severe that I've, I've ever heard. And that's like, you know, reading and, and watching, you know, the, the news and everything else. I mean, your situation was pretty severe. So why don't you take us back? Take us back to like the very okay. beginning and then go from there. Uh, this is going, we're going back a ways. Uh, you know, five months ago, March 15th was my first day um, at the VA hospital. It was March 15th. And I went in that, that, that Sunday night. Um, but what, what started with me, you know, and you know me, Shalene, you know, I always work out. I always stay in shape. You know, we're military. We always try and keep ourselves in shape. We always eat well. I don't smoke. I don't drink. You know, I joke with you and others all the time that, you know, during my combat time, you know, my two and a half years in combat, mm-hmm. I was set up with so much stuff through the military. The germs for my whole life have been scared of me. They never, I never get sick. You know, I, like as I mentioned, and we've talked before that a simple virus, I used to walk right through. Well, I caught 
so you know a little bit of chest congestion um some sniffles you know a, a pretty severe cough that's what really kind of threw me off was the cough mm. i had a really bad cough for about a week um didn't feel bad no headache no temperature nothing like that sniffles you know t- chest congestion but the cough was really weird because even in nighttime it would keep me up in bed and then the cough lasted for about a week and what happened was on a Friday night, you know, I felt good. I just finished working out that day. I was at home. You know, I work out of my house with the costumes and everything for that I do um, and the props for, for things. And I worked all day, uh, went and worked out and was getting ready to go to bed. And when I went to lay down flat, I couldn't get any oxygen. It, w- it was the weirdest thing. Whenever I stood up, I could breathe. But whenever I laid down, it got cut off completely. And it was just wow. the weirdest thing I've ever experienced. So I couldn't sleep all Friday night. Friday night was miserable. Hmm. I was up all night, freaking out, trying to figure out what the hell was going on. Just thinking maybe it was part of the, you know, of the virus I had or the congestion. So I didn't think anything of it. Got some rest and, and worked all day Saturday. Well, Saturday night I went to go to bed again, and again on Saturday night when I laid down, it was worse even. It was even just like you know halfway down, not even all the way flat, just laying halfway flat on a pillow or whatever. Hmm. The air, the oxygen was just cut off completely, and that really freaked me out. And that was two days in a row. I could breathe fine standing up, everything, or sitting down, but when I went to lay down, the air was completely cut off to where I couldn't breathe at all. That really, really freaked me out. And it got worse through the night and into Sunday. And by about mid-morning, mid-11 o'clock, 12 o'clock on Sunday, even sitting up in a chair, I couldn't breathe. And you know me, I don't go to the hospital for anything. I, I hate the hospital. You know, I, I don't ever do doctors, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so but I called my mom. I was like, Mom, it's the, it's the craziest thing, you know. Um, I'm having a really hard time breathing, especially when I lay down. But I, even now sitting up, I can't breathe correctly. And she told me, go to the VA. So I ended up going to the VA, and it got much, much worse um, when I got there. Uh, they, they put me in the, in the emergency room, of course. But they, they, my lungs, the, the fluid, my heart had already been hit by the virus. And what happened was it took my heart down to 20% hmm. of its normal functioning capability. So from regular normal, you know, fit male to 20% of its ability. What was happening was because my heart was so low, all the fluid in my system was backing up and because my lungs weren't operating correctly. My kidneys weren't operating correctly. So it all was like a chain reaction and they pulled 11 pounds of water. I was drowning. I, what they told me was I was drowning in my own fluid. It was what happened. Um, they pulled me off. I was on a respirator um, for a while. They, they got the fluid out of me. And they left me in, and I was in the VA for about a week, week and a half. And I felt pretty good. You know, I felt pretty good. I was still in, you know, my weight was still the same. I had lost any weight, hardly at all. So when I left the VA, I felt pretty good. Um, I got home, they let, they released me. You know, they got, they gave me some medication for my heart. All, that's all they gave me was the medication for my heart, just, just to get it back to being stronger again. Well, I was home for about a week. And all of a sudden, I started coughing up blood. And I mean, oh. I was coughing up like coffee mugs of blood. It was crazy. Um, so I got rushed back to the hospital. This time I went to St. Joseph Hospital. And when I got there, they did a scan on me, and they found three blood clots mm. that were inside me, one on my leg and two on my, two on my lungs. Well, that freaked them all out right there. because I, I never had blood clots before, and you know, I, I, even though I had the heart problem, there were no blood clots. They did, when I was at the VA, they scanned me for that. They did a complete scan of my whole system, and there was nothing. There was no blockages, no blood clots, nothing. So it had to happen in the week I was home um, from, from, from the VA to St. Joseph Hospital. So they put me back in the hospital at St. Joseph. I was there for about two and a half weeks, um, maybe close to a month. And the problem I was having was I was coughing up a lot of blood. I kept coughing up blood, and the medication they had me on, was the wrong medication. They had me on heparin, and I'm allergic to heparin. So the heparin was doing me no favors. It was making, if anything, it was making it worse on me. So um, finally, after about a week and a half of being on the heparin, I was coughing up blood, and I mean, I couldn't sleep. I I was coughing constantly. You know, I had problems breathing all all the time. And I said, finally, you know, whatever you've got me on is killing me here. So the last day I was there, or one of the last days I was there, I pulled the IV out. I was done with heparin. I said, whatever you got me on is killing me. So I pulled mm-hmm. the IV out. The, the doctor told me the only other choice I had was a mesh or like a filter on my chest. So they, they went in, they put the filter in. I was there for about a day, and then they released me back home again. Well, I wasn't even home three days this time. I was really sick. 
And I mean, literally I got home, I felt okay. And about two days later, I thought I was going to die. I mean, I was, it was horrible, 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 horrible. Um, started getting fevers, couldn't breathe, was losing weight. I mean, just, just horrible feeling. I got rushed back to the emergency room at, a at the VA. And when they scanned me this time at the VA, I had six blood clots. So I gained three more in a period of about a week, six blood clots. I had, I had one on my leg, two on each lung, two on my heart and one on my liver. And, and the two on my heart, when I got to St. Uh, Stampa general, well, I was at the VA first, let me go back a step at the VA. They told me that they weren't able to correctly handle my situation. I had so much going on that they, they, they said, Trey, with everything you've got going on with your heart in the shape that it's in, with all these blood clots now and two are on your heart, you know, one's huge. They told me it's about as big as a nickel. It's huge. Mm. The biggest blood clot he's ever seen um, was on my heart, uh, on both sides of my heart, that they wanted to transfer me to Tampa General to the specialist there. The, 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 the VA and Tampa General are kind of partners. They, 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 they're kind of like cousins, you know. They help mm. each other out. Um, and so they transferred to Tampa General to the, um, to the CCU. They didn't think I was going to live. They, uh, I, was, I, was ga- I was on a ventilator. I was gasping for air. Um, I couldn't breathe. They brought the, the priest in once uh, while I was there and once again when I went back. But I was, uh, they brought the remember my last rites pretty much. So twice I talked to a priest. Um, oh, both wow. times they wanted to read me my last rites. <laughs> yeah, you know, and they, and I, they prayed with me. They didn't think I was going to make it, make it through the night. With the, with the shape in my, the, the class where my lungs were in, they thought for sure I was going to be a goner. I wasn't yeah. going to make it um, through the night. So, and the CCU was, of course, higher than the ICU. The CCU was where, it's critical care unit, where you, they literally, you have one nurse that, was, that is with you 24-7. Yeah. You're in one huge room, and all the equipment, in case you, you die, is in the room already. There's nothing going to be wheeled in. The nurse sits there in a window overlooking your room, so you've got her at all times. Um, they asked me point blank, if I die tonight, <laughs> I laugh about it now, but it was, you know, cause I, I'm alive, but uh-huh. if I die tonight, do I want to be revived because certain people have certain religious beliefs, you know, yes. do I want to be revived? I said, hell yes, I want to be revived. <laughs> <laughs> I have a son, you know, yeah, I want to, of course, revive me. Do your best to revive me, you know? Um, mm-hmm. so I was there in the CCU for about a month. They got control of the blood clots and the, the crazy thing about this whole situation is when I was in the CCU at Tampa General, the, when, they, when I first, the day after I got there, all the doctors, all the cardiologists came in. It was a young guy, but in his 40s probably, and two other guys came in, and they looked at my chart, and they wanted to do open-heart surgery. They wanted to do, do open-heart surgery because it was that severe. They, 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 they were like, look, you know, that clot on your lung, you know, our, our recommendation is open-heart surgery and, and fast. It was, that was like on Monday and they wanted to do it by Friday of that week, no later than Friday of that week. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I'm not, you know, for anything like that. Are you going to crack me wide open, take out my heart, you know, and take off the blood clots, put it back in my chest, and sew me back up again, you know? Uh, but if it's going to save my life, then I'll do it, you know? If it's going to save my life, if it's that severe, or I mean, open heart surgery for Christ's sake, that's pretty, that's pretty, yeah. and getting much more severe than, um, you know, if it's that bad, you know, and it kind of freaked me out a little bit. But I was like, well, look, if it, if that's what it is what it's going to take to keep me alive, then of course do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want a big scar in the middle of my chest, but I mean, whatever it takes to keep me alive. Well, then he wanted to talk to his supervisor, the main doctor. And he was like one of the, he was like, you know, the second in command. And they had an older guy. That was the main guy. Uh, he, he looked over my chart and because my heart was so low, was so weak, he decided against it because they, they weren't sure I'd make it through, through the operation. They, they weren't sure if my heart wouldn't stop beating, it was so weak. It was so low, you know? Yeah. So they're like, we may, we may kill you during the operation. It's just too much of a risk. Mm-hmm. I mean, the risk is already there, but with your heart being so low, 20%, I mean, with it being so low, your risk is like times 10 now. I mean, it's right. so much greater than what it would be. So they elected not to. Well, I think about it now, you know, five months later, four months later, I'm alive with no open heart surgery. Yeah. You know, it, it's amazing how things can change. And I'm doing pretty good for the most part, you know, so I could have gone to open heart surgery and never even needed it. You know what I'm saying? So going through all of that surgery, all of that rehab and never needed it. Look look at me now, you know, months later, no open heart surgery. um, And I'm I'm doing pretty well. 
So anyway, they left me there. They, 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 they controlled the blood clots. I went to the ICU for about a month and a half. Um, I mean, I lost a ton of weight. I was laying, I mean, for the better part of five months, so I'd say four and a half of the five months, maybe maybe four months of the five months, I was flat on my back in a, in a hospital bed, literally flat on my back. Um, and it's amazing what laying flat on your back for so long can do to your body. I lost 65 pounds. You remember me, I was 225 pounds mm-hmm. um, when I, before all this happened to me. In great shape, you know how big I was, yeah, how in good shape I was. And I, I went down to 160 Oof. before I left the, uh, the hospital about a month, about, about a few weeks ago. I was 164 this last time, but when I first left, you know, about a month ago, I was, I was 160. So um, lay, I literally, my whole body changed just from laying in the beds flat on my back. And my whole body, I mean, I looked like nothing I looked like before. Everything is just completely misshaped. It's amazing what it can do to your body when that happens. But so when I was at St. Joseph, it got so bad. Um, before Tampa General, that I was coughing up blood so often that just you know, spitting in a sink, blood would come out. I mean, just gobs of blood. And that's when I knew things were really, really bad. So at Tampa General, they wanted to get that under control. Why was I coughing up blood? And it was definitely the blood clots. And, and they, they figured out also that the, the blood thinner they had given me, um, I was allergic to it. And that was also making me cough up blood as well. So they put me on a whole new blood thinner. So yeah. I was there for about a, about a month and a half in the ICU. Again, I lost a ton of weight. I couldn't walk. I had water retention because my my heart was so low. My legs, the water retention I had in my legs, Shalene, I looked like an elephant. I mean, my legs, the water that I was retaining was oh, yeah. unbelievable. It was, I mean, I could barely walk. Literally, I could barely walk. Um, just to stand up was painful. Mm-hmm. So um, I left, I left the, um, I left Tampa General, came home for about a week and a half, and I had a um, I, I was given some pills to take for sleeping, yes. and one it didn't go with my medication right, oh, and no. I had uh, yeah it was really bad. I had to get kind of had to have the um, the nine one one had to be called. I, I started hyperventilating and and choking. I couldn't breathe, um, so for about a good five minutes I was going through this where my mother called, you know, the 911 and they came out and picked me up and they put me on uh, in the ambulance. But I went back to the hospital again. I was there for another couple of weeks. They tried to get all the water off me because the water was in my system and my lungs and my legs and everything in my stomach mm-hmm. was not going well with the medication. So it was causing me to, to pretty much choke again on my own, you know, fluid, right. I guess you would say, but also have a ventilate. It was horrible. Right. Um, so I was there for about two weeks. I got released again for about a week <laughs> and then I went in for a test um, at the VA to check what they call it as an INR level. It's, it's dealing with the, with the blood thinner to make mm-hmm. sure your levels are, are, are good on when you're dealing with warfarin. And my cardiologist took a scan of my chest, didn't like what she saw for me back in the ER. So I was in there again for a uh, hospital, the VA for about three weeks. Um, they put me on a constant, um, uh, what do you call it, um, uh, the drip where the, the, the water pills I was taking, it was actually liquid now. They wanted to get all the water off me. And also what had happened with my, with my right lung, they, they found out I went through so many scans and so many tests, and I was given blood, literally given blood every couple of hours, every single day. I probably gave more, bl- more blood. I could fill up a whole blood bank with the blood I, I got given right. in five months, literally. Mm-hmm. They would wake me up every couple hours in the hour to take blood out of me. I mean, that was a, a, a eight or nine vials of blood they would take. And why were they um, taking so, so much blood from you? Because I was on, so they, had, they had to check all these different levels. They had so much going on that if I wasn't in the right area with my potassium, with my INR level, I mean, there were so many things going on that I wasn't in the right level. They had to change the medication or up the medication or right. stop the medication. So. Uh, there was so much going on that I was literally given bile to blood. I, I mean, honestly, up until this, I just was in a hospital a couple of weeks ago, you know, when all this happened again. Well, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll get to this, but I had to get blood again, you know. Um, but but the, about about two months ago, when I went back to the VA, um, that's when they found my lung. They did a scan of me again, and what happened was, what they couldn't figure out, you know, because once when I went in for the for the 
for not being able to breathe, that was already done. That was just a medication. You know, they gave me the medication didn't mix, didn't, didn't match with my other medication, so it caused a reaction. But that that was already gone. But I was there for eight days, and what happened was they were pulling water off me. But when they scanned me again, did a whole scan of my of my upper body, they found my left my my right lung had a big spot on it. Had about a, a about a grapefruit sized spot on my right lung, hmm. and they couldn't figure out what it was. I had, I kid you not, I must have had thirty doctors look at me when I was at um, at the VA. They could not figure out what this was on my lung. They they didn't know if it was. They they couldn't figure it out. I mean, they literally they wanted to put a rod in there and pull some of it out, but they didn't want it. If it was infected. They were afraid it was going to get the rest of my body infected, so they wanted to do that. So they pulled a specialist in, and the best opinion he had after looking at it was. One of the blood clots, I had a bigger one on my right lung and a small one on my left lung. The one on my right lung uh, caused the blood flow to stop to my lung, on, the, on, on my right lung, and in essence called that, caused that part of my lung to die. So that was dead, dead tissue, dead lung. And so um, I was told within a year, this year coming up, uh, next year coming up actually, maybe next year, but within a year, I have to have, it's about 30% of my lung, so I'll have to have that 30% removed from, my, from, from me. Because it, it, it's, it's, if it's dead cells, what they're afraid of, it could get infected. Oh, my spread. And it could um, kill me. It could kill yeah. me. Yeah. So I still have blood clots. Um, I went in a few weeks ago, um, which was shocking to me. So they released me again after they did all that. You know, I, 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 that's when, this is when I weighed 160 this last time when I got released. Um, so they released me again. And a couple of weeks ago, about two weeks ago, I went in to the VA again, they, they want to see me like three times a week, four times a week. I mean, literally I'm in there almost every day of the week. Um, and I went through and they were doing the ultrasound on my legs because of the mesh on my chest. It had been three months and they wanted to pull the mesh out, the, 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 um, the, the vent out, you know, the, the filter out of my chest. Mm-hmm. You can have it in for six months, but it's better off to get out around three months. So she was doing an ultrasound on my legs. And I, I always believed I only had one clot on my legs. I had just the one clot on my left leg the original plot, you know, I had for a while. Well, she's scanning my legs and she looks at me. And she, and it's never a good sign when anybody you're working with from, from healthcare says, oh, that's interesting. Oh, <laughs> that's, no. never, that's never a good sign. Yeah, yeah well, oh, that's interesting. Uh, hmm. or, or they go, hmm. Or, that's uh-oh. interesting. That's never, or, that's never a good sign. <laughs> that's, never, that's never a good sign. So no. she's looking through my legs and she told me when she finished, you know, and, and the funny part is I've been readmitted now to the hospital every time i would go in for a test three times so I mean, before this i've been readmitted three times so you got to understand how i hated you know to lay flat on your bed in a 10 by you know five foot area with the drapes all closed laying there you know it, it's it's really mental though if you can imagine that four and a half months of laying in a bed and all you've got is you can't see any of your family None of your family is a TV to watch, of course, and you're surrounded by, by you know, of course, you know, uh, um, curtains. Um, but the mental stress it puts on you because you're literally laying there all day for 24 hours a day for months, for days and days and weeks and weeks and months and months. Right. And after a while, the strongest people it, it gets to you. You know, I gotta I'll be honest with you. It, it it really got to me at the end there to where I, if I wasn't gonna go back in, I was gonna lose it. You know, literally gonna mm-hmm. lose it. Um, and so she told me I had to go, she, she, she found what she called extensive clotting in my legs, extensive. And I asked her how much, this is just a couple of weeks ago. And I asked her how much is, is extensive? So we don't really count them, but it's enough to where I'm going to readmit you to the emergency room again. Oh. You're kidding me. I came in for another test. This is the fourth time you guys have done this to me. You're going to readmit me again to the emergency room? I was like, oh my God. And I sat there. She left. She was real nice though. Well, I sat there in shock for like 20 minutes. I, 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 you know, I just walked two miles. I think I put it on Facebook. You know, I felt good. I was, mm-hmm. uh, it, I was, I was walking and light jogging, working out with light weights. Felt really, really good. And then they put me back in again. You know, all three times I got readmitted before this one. I have been doing really, really good. So I thought I was doing really, really good. And I got readmitted again. So you can you know, imagine how what you know what a blow to the confidence level and, and if you're trying to get better. It is. You start doing well and eating good and feeling pretty good, and you get back in again, you know? Yeah. Um, well, they come to find out that when I was in the emergency room, they, the, the, the ER doctor 
talked to the hematologist that had helped me out at Tampa General, and those they thought were old clots. They were old, you know. So he looked at the file, looked at the charts, and said they were old clots, not new. So they released me from the ER. I'd have to stay in there. But but what what I've learned, and this is for anybody dealing with any kind of a healthcare issue, what I've learned through this entire experience is doctors have their own opinions, and they're not always all right. They're they've all got different opinions. And what I've learned through all of this is ask a bunch of questions, take control of the situation. Um, this is your life that they're dealing with and you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. So point blank, they wanted to pull the, the mesh out of my, this is the, what I'm talking about when I say take control of the situation. They wanted to pull the mesh out of my chest still, just, just last week. Um, and I said, let me ask you a question. I was talking to the girl, the technician, and it's really up to my doctor, you know, my cardiologist and my primary care uh, physician. I was, uh, but I was in a, I said, no. Well, I said, let me ask you a question. I said, if I have extensive clotting in my legs, and we're not sure if some of these are new or some of these are old. I said, why on earth? First of all, if they're new, that means the blood thinner that I'm on isn't working because I've been on blood thinner now for four months. Mm-hmm. And one of the, there's two reasons why they put you on blood thinner. The two main reasons for, for my situation. One is, so the clots you've already got don't get larger and don't break off. Uh, where they're located. And the second, which is really the main reason, is they, so you don't create new blood clots. The blood thinner helps you not to create new blood clots. So what I asked was, I said, you know, if I'm on blood thinner now for going on, you know, four, going on five months, and if there are new clots that have, that have come up and, and multiple, which you said, you know, extensive, that means to me a lot, you know, extensive um, plotting, but those are new why on earth would I pull out my only safety net that I've got in my chest if the blood thinner is not working? You know, so no, I'm not doing it. And so um, they were like, you know, shocked, but I was like, I'm not going to do it. I mean, that's the bottom line. Until the clots have gone away, I'm not taking this mesh out. It's all I've got saving my life right now, apparently, until I hear otherwise. So I talked to my, my cardiologist, talked to my primary care, and they're both with me. They're like, good thinking. I, you know, that's the right way of thinking, you know, because you're right. Um, so we need to look into it more and uh, and get a better idea on the new class. So I have to go back in here in a couple of weeks, get all checked out again, find out you know if there are new clots or old clots. Um, that was just last week, but um, so the lung I've got a problem with right now. I'm feeling pretty good. You know, I'm up to about mm-hmm. 170 from yeah. 160. Um, I feel pretty good. Um, you know, I'm I'm walking. I, I still I'm off balance. I, I still get out of breath very easily. You know, like just now, before you before we started talking, I was in the other room. I was working on a chest piece, uh, just doing, just cutting and bending over, and I got out of breath. You know, I mean, I, I felt yeah. lightheaded. I mean, so, so things like that are going to be with me for a while. So, so let me ask you this, because I, I didn't want to interrupt you. I mean, your your testimony is just like mind blowing, and and you know, I because I know you, and I I remember how you were before all this happened. So of course this is like taking me yeah. back a little bit. Um, so did they in fact test you for COVID? And if they did. Yeah, oh yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. So what happened? Here's what we can, here's what we think happened. I got it so early on, you know, remember we started getting our first cases in February, you know, right. I caught the virus around the first, week of March. Now, when you say virus, what, what virus are you talking about? Is it COVID or a different virus? The virus well, the virus, I didn't know what it was at the time. Okay. I, I just knew I had, a, I had a virus. Yeah, I didn't know mm-hmm. what it was. So when I went in to the VA around March 15th, what we think is the testing back then was so bad. Because when I went into the VA, they didn't even do the whole sickle your brain thing like they do now. They do. I, I've had, I kid you not, Jalene, I've had 14 tests for COVID in the past five months, 14 tests for COVID throughout my hospital stays, 14. That's no joke. The first one I had, and I think back now to it, because now that I, I've had so many, I know how it's supposed to be done now, you know? Right. Um, back then, they barely went in my nose. They only went around the outside, barely went in my nose with a Q-tip. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it came back negative. Right. Well, I had two more after that, all, all my tests, all my tests, all, all, well, let me go back. 13 of my 14 tests 
let's come back negative. 13 of my 14. Right. What, what, what we, they, we think happened, this is what all the doctors said, because the last test that I got was an antibody test, and I have the antibodies, so I had COVID. That's just, uh, just that simple. You don't get the antibodies unless you have COVID. So I had COVID mm -hmm. so way back then. But again, the testing was so bad back then. Um, it was horrible testing. They didn't do it right. You know, they didn't, we didn't know, first of all, we didn't know what the hell we were doing back then. That was back in March, for Christ's sake. Mm -hmm. The beginning of March, we didn't know what, what this, this was or how to test for it or anything. Mm -hmm. um, so, and then when I got tested again, about a month or two later, the virus had already left my body. Now I had traces of it in me still, but not the active virus. So when they tested for the active virus, that was already gone. But the damage had already been done. It had been lingering. It was already there behind, left behind, you know, the damage. Mm -hmm. So what they told me is that um, apparently I had it because I have the antibodies. But, you know, it was so early on in the game that the testing wasn't good enough, you know, back then. But, again, look, look at um, Alyssa Milano, uh, the actress. She got tested five times for it, five times recently, five times, and then took the antibody test, and she had it. All, all her five tests came back negative. Mm -hmm. But the antibody test shows she has the antibodies, so mm. she had to have it. So same thing with me. You know, I had I had 14 times, and 13 of the 14 were negative. So now you know, uh, but I had. But so the other times, um, were they the the faulty testing where it didn't go all the way up? You know, the nostrils. No, see, those like those were those were good tests. But again, okay. it was already this is just you know months later after I first you know got it, so it was already gone. Mm -hmm. You know, this is, you know, the, the last probably, I would say, eight. You know, I got tested sometimes three times in one day. You know, I remember, wow. you know, if, if, whenever you do it, yeah, three times in one day, whenever you do a procedure, whenever you have to do any kind of a procedure, like a scan or anything like that, uh, anything dealing with, maybe they want to put you under or whatever, like I had to go one or twice, um, you know, anything like that, they have to test you. So mm -hmm. I remember one day I had three tests in one day. I had three different things going on that day. And every time, every time I had, before I had to go do the procedure, they had to test me. Was it so the, same, one day, the so. same procedure, like up the nose or like a nasal, a nasal swab? Yeah, or the brain. Yeah. Brutal, brutal. Yeah. It, 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 it is brutal. Even though I had it done so many times, I'm still not used to it. I mean, literally it's all the way up the nose, tickle your brain thing. It, it was, it, I mean, literally. Um, you know, I, you could take it, but I mean, it's just, it, yeah, it, it's not, not, not fun. Right. Not fun at all. So have you had it done? Have yeah, you had it done? Um, the, the, the job that I do now is, this is part of the reason why I want to interview you. I am a COVID-19 compliance officer for a production company here in Georgia. So we get tested every week and in some, some days or some weeks, it's more than once because, you know, we're, we're you know, we're traveling. So I, I get sure. it done before, during, and after. Yeah. So and and every time I've had fun. it done, yeah. Every time I've had it done, it's been done up the nose, except one time they did it, you know, down the throat, like pretty far down. And I and believe it or not, sure. I would take, I would rather do it up the nose. I'd rather just deal with that. But yeah. I, I might I might prefer the throat because honestly, the nose thing, man. Wow, it is brutal. I mean, when it gets up there, and it, I mean, I, I have to literally, you know, I squeeze my hand and go. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> because it's, it's yeah. literally for five seconds, you know. But um, you know, yeah, it is. Uh, it, it is. Um, the the medic that um, does our testing, he gave me some really good advice. He um, he suggested that I inhale as he does that, and believe it or not, it doesn't. It's not as bad. And I always have him. He only he only does one nostril, so I always have him do the same nostril, right. and that doesn't bad. A couple times when I had the rapid testing, they did both. You know, nose. Um, nostrils and the one that the right side that they've not done it's like ah, it, it hurt that one did hurt but the the left one because Walter that's his, that's a medic's name he does it all the time he doesn't you know it's it's it does it is sure. uncomfortable I will say that but well they um, only did my right nostril every time I did it was my right nostril they always yeah. did my right nostril never did my left, which you know I guess I'm right-handed and the right side you know I guess would be natural for me to do but the, yeah I, you know I, I, I would do it I would get it done, but it wasn't something I, I definitely want to ever do again if I can, if I can help it. So, right. Um, just, I mean, you're, and, and mind you, this is an opinion. So I just want to preface that for our listeners. This is an opinion. If you, if you could pinpoint where you think you may have picked up this virus, where do you think you may have um, picked it up? Yeah. The gym, the gym, uh, three places, the gym, Lowe's or Home Depot. Hmm. Okay. Because I just finished working out. And, and like a day or two later, I got sick. 
but I've been at Home Depot that day and I've been at Lowe's that day. So either one of those places, either, and, it's definitely one of the, sure. And, and they're always, you know, you've got tons of people at Lowe's, tons at the gym, tons at Home Depot. So I make it happen at any time. Yeah. You know? So did and, anyone from the state um, uh, attempt to contact you and then ask about, and, and basically no. this, so no one did any kind of contact tracing with you as far as who you've been around? No, Where'd you go? Nobody. Wow. Nobody. That's, that's interesting. Nobody. Huh. No, but then, no one's contacted me at all. But then again, I mean, this is this is new, you know. But even still, I'm surprised no one from the state um, contacted you. So, no. um, I'm still in pretty bad shape. Too. I mean, I'm still I still got my heart. You know, my heart went back, which is again for me was I, I've I've been kicked in the gut so many times. Nothing really surprises me anymore. But right. when I went in this last time to the hospital. When I went in, I, this is the last day I was in for about about eight days, mm -hmm. um, nine days. Um, they did they they checked my heart again. You know, my heart had been doing good. It went from from twenty percent to thirty percent. It had been, I felt good. It had been doing I've been doing good. And then one year I was working out again. You know, light working, not ten pound weights. I could barely curl twenty five pounds. Right. For my sake. I was barely able to. I, I could I couldn't even get it up once. I thought that's how weak I am or how mm -hmm. weak I was. You know, about about a month ago. Um, yeah, I was so, I mean, literally I joke about this all the time with my friends. I was trying, I was sitting at my mom's house and I was trying to open up a Sprite bottle, you know, a, a twist off cap, a Sprite bottle. I couldn't open it myself. So I, my mother grabbed it and opened it for me. I thought that's how weak I was. A mm -hmm. 70, 74 year old mother opened up a Sprite bottle for me that I couldn't open myself. So I, that's how weak I was. <laughs> well, it was that bad. Um, we, we all still so, need our moms. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just I, I laugh because I'm a big guy. I was a big guy, you know, big strong yeah. guy, and I joke about it now that you know I couldn't open up a Sprite bottle. A mother grabbed it and opened it up for me. I mean, that, that's that's pretty sad, you know. Yeah. That, 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 that just lets you know how weak you are, how far you've fallen down the hole, down the right. rabbit hole. But um, when I went back, you know, uh, again. Um, they pulled the water out of my lungs and everything. And that helped me out quite a bit. All, all the fluid came out of my system, but I'm still, my heart went from 30% to 15%. And that really, really worried them because when you're, when you are going up like that, normally it stays up. Mm -hmm. So they don't know what happened. Now I literally woke up one morning, this is about, about say about a month and a half ago, two months ago. Mm -hmm. I was doing really, really good. I woke up one morning. I went to bed, woke up the next morning at my mom's house, and something was off. Something was just off. You know how if you know your body real well, you used to know. I couldn't pinpoint it, but something wasn't right. And I started, you know, having problems breathing a little bit. I was getting tired real quick, you know, and they thought maybe it was a blood thinner. They were going, they were changing my blood thinners. But I, the first thing I thought of was, man, I hope to God my heart didn't drop because that could be why I'm getting so tired and exhausted and, and, you know, out of it, you know, so quickly. And lo and behold, I went to the hospital again. They put me back in, they emergency room back in and I, I stay. They, they did do an ultrasound and my heart dropped from 30% to 15%. So that was scary because it dropped half that time. Mm -hmm. And, and they don't know why it dropped. Now, again, I don't smoke. I don't drink. You know, I was staying in shape. I was doing everything right. And this is what I asked the doctors. I said, you know, I'm doing everything right. I said, I said, answer me this one question. I asked all the doctors, and again, I've spoken to probably 30 or 40 doctors throughout this whole process. And this last day at the VA, this for my lung, they were I they kept me there mainly for the for the lung. They couldn't figure out what the hell it was, so they kept me there even longer than what I should have been there. But while I was there, I asked them all the question. You know, say for example, I'm doing well. Say it's it's 10 years from now. You know, and I'm still on, of course I'm always going to be on the medication, and my heart's back at 50 percent. And I wake up one morning and it's down to 35. Is that something that can happen quite often? Because, you know, I always thought that if it goes up, you're doing good, it's going to stay going up. Right. It's not going to go back down again. Um, and they couldn't give me an answer or a straightforward, you know, honest answer because they don't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they don't know why my heart dropped this last time. Again, I was at 30 down to 15%, 15. So that's, a, that's a huge drop considering where I was. And something had to cause it, but they don't know what it was. So that's scary. So I got to live with that now, you know, and yeah. I got to live with the fact that at any, I got, you know, excessive blood clots inside my body and, 
at any time wanted it to could, could break off and kill me, you know, well, well, my heart can stop beating or, and my yeah, lungs I mean, to get infected. Well, the reason why I wanted also, I wanted to talk to you, uh, you know, and have this interview is because with the media and everything that we hear, you know, it's, it's the sneezing, coughing, um, tightness of chat uh, of the chest, hard to breathe constant, like, like a, like someone standing on a chest. We hear that, but you had so many other different symptoms and I just felt it was necessary for people to hear for those who still don't believe that this is real. I mean, you know, I, I wanted them to hear from your words exactly so they can, you know, understand. Well, let me just say this. The doctors all told me something plain and simple. This is the honest truth. They all told me that if I wasn't in the shape that I was in, I'd be dead. Right, I believe it. I believe. I wasn't in the shape I was in with all that muscle weight and and, and never smoked, never drank, and and fantastic running six miles a day. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the shape that I was in, you know what shape I was in. You saw me. Yeah. I mean, and they they all told me point blank, if I wasn't in that shape, I'd be gone. I'd be dead because my body couldn't handle it. You know, I almost died twice, twice on the ventilator. Um, I almost died. So once they had to bring me back. So, uh, so I mean, choking. One time I almost died because I was choking on. I couldn't breathe. I literally could not breathe, and I was I was suffocating. So, when you're on a ventilator, your mortality rate is eighty percent. You're not going to make it. And I was one of the twenty percent that made it. So, this is no joke. I mean, if it can happen to me, in the shape that I was in, it can happen to anybody. And this is brutal. This will humble you like nothing else to see the shell of the man I once was now, when you see me, Celine, you're not going to recognize me. You're not going to believe me. Believe it's me. Uh, people, my neighbor, when I first got home last week and I, and I, I pulled in my driveway, my neighbor that was out at her mailbox and she, and she said, excuse me, can I help you? Oh, she didn't recognize me. Mm. And she walked up. She was, Oh my God, it's you. I said, yeah. She says, what happened? I didn't recognize you. Mm-hmm. I've lost. I look, I look like I'm 80 years old. Oh my I've goodness. lost so much weight. I've lost so much weight. Literally, any muscle I once had is gone. Mm-hmm. Gone. My shoulders, my body. I have skin that literally sags on my biceps because that's how much weight I've lost. Mm. All the muscle, the atrophy that happened to me in the hospital, all the muscle mass is gone. And the worst thing in the world is being thin, being skinny. Mm-hmm. but also being flabby because that means you have no muscle mass, no muscle at all under that skin. My legs, my arms, my shoulders, my chest is gone. My traps all gone. Everything is gone. And I have a hard time putting the weight back on because my heart's not, not operating yeah. at its full potential. So even though I'm eating good, I'm eating a lot. My heart's not pushing out enough blood for me to gain the muscle mass that I need to gain back. So, it's going to be a long road. I mean, it's going to be, you know, I'm positive, you know, you know, me, you know, combat. I, you know, I always told myself it's my time to go. It's my time to go. You know, I, I look at it the same way now. I don't want to die. Of course, you know, I've got things I want to do. Right. And I've cheated death so many times in my life. And it's just another, another one I've cheated death, but this is, this has been a big one. It's just, you know, I was going through a lot in my life with the PTSD and everything else and, and, mm-hmm. and my combat time and everything else. This one is probably the worst one. This one is, a real test to your mental state and a real test to how tough you are. Can you make it back? Because the road I have ahead of me right now is so long. It's going to be, I don't even know how I'm going to get through it, to be honest with you. I mean, it's literally, I'm on five different medications every day. Sometimes those twice a day. Um, I have to see the doctor once, at least once or twice a week. Um, you know, for, for the unseen future here, um, it's, it's going to be a long one, but you know, you got to keep going, right? You don't just throw in the towel. You keep yeah. going, you keep trying and you keep knocking it out one day at a time. That's all you can do. Right. Um, I'm home, you know, look where I, I mean, when this first started, I couldn't, I, I couldn't even walk this months ago when I first got out, I couldn't even walk. I think you saw my Facebook page. I couldn't even remember. I was talking about how mm-hmm. I need to learn to walk again. Mm-hmm. I couldn't speak. I wasn't able to speak. It messed with my, with my speech. I wasn't able to speak for weeks. Nothing, could, nothing would come out right. It messed with my speech. It was all marbled and gurgled. I mean, not, it was the craziest damn thing I've ever had in my life. My speech was off. I couldn't speak correctly. 
the words wouldn't come out right. I couldn't mm. want to learn how to walk again. I mean, I literally had to learn how to walk again. I could not walk. Then I, then I moved to a walker, and I was walking with a walker, and I would do laps around my mother's house, and, you know, in the living room. I would do laps, mm-hmm. walk around the kitchen in the living room. I would do laps to get my legs back up again, and now I'm home. You know, I'm home, and I'm, I'm walking and jogging two miles, you know. So, you know, I guess considering the other ones that have, that have gone through what I've gone through in the ventilator and had it as bad as me and that have died, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, I'm alive, so. Well, for that, right? Yeah, right. I mean, I'm just, I'm speechless just listening to you. Um, but we're in conclusion. Um, what are your thoughts about people um, not still thinking this is not real, still not wearing, wearing masks, not social distancing, people complaining that, you know, they want to go back to work or they want to go to the bars. They're just fed up and they think that this is just all political. I mean, what are your thoughts? First of all, I didn't believe it. Okay, <laughs> I'm a Republican, and you know that. You know, and I look—I'm not a big Trump fan. You know, I got to be honest with you. But you know, I'm, I'm okay with his policy, just not his personality. You know, you know me, and we talked about that before um, when you were over, and we talked about that when, I, when we were talking about PTSD. Um, you know, I'm a lifelong Republican, so I try to go with a party. Um, so I, I wasn't—I I didn't think anything of it. You know, I didn't think twice about it, honestly. I didn't care about it. It wasn't going to affect me. It wasn't going to hit me. There's no way in the shape I'm in that some damn virus is going to hit me. It, it, there's no way in hell until you're in the hospital flat on your back for four and a half months and you realize this is no joke. That, um, like I, we talked about this earlier, the only my mother asked me last night through this whole process if I was scared, you know, and again, I don't get scared easily. The only time I think I've ever been scared is the thought of the loss of my son and the loss of my mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what I've been through in my life, nothing really scares me. Uh, and I think the reason why I wasn't scared was half of me was in shock. And the other half was in deni- denial. Because mm-hmm. I look back now on the past five months, over five months now, when I started this whole process, this entire nightmare of a journey to where it's led me, I still can't believe this happened to me. It's still hard to, to comprehend. It's too hard for me to grasp. Even now, and I know, I look in the mirror and I know what digs. I can see myself in the mirror, mm-hmm. you know, and I know what I've gone through. Um, but this is no joke. This shit will kill you. It will straight up put you on your knees and it will kill you. And it can do it fast if you're one of the lucky ones and doesn't hit you as hard as it hit me. For me, what, what happened to me, and there's, there's no way to know how it's going to hit you. It goes for different things. It could be a sniffle. It could be a congestion. You know, it could be blood clots. It could, it could start with your lungs. It could start with your heart. And what happened to me is I went straight from my heart. When it finally hit me on that Friday, within 48 hours, I was fighting for my life at the VA Sunday night. That's how fast it happened. 48 hours, I was on a ventilator because of water in my system. I couldn't breathe. So my advice to people out there is, yeah, you know, but why not? Believe it. What's your downside? What's your downside from not taking it the safe precautions? Not taking, well, you know, maybe I don't believe it, but you know what? Just to be a smart person and to have some kind of common sense, maybe I should take it, you know, just, just to play it safe. What's your downside? What, life? Live? Mm-hmm. Be in the hospital four and a half months? I mean, what's your downside? So, you know, my advice to them is, you know, look, take it from me. I never got sick once in my life. I've never been sick ever. No flus, no colds, nothing. And for this to almost take me out like it did, it could happen to anybody. So, you know, you got to live your own life, but I would be smart about it and take it seriously. Well, Trey, thank you so much for your time. I mean, your testimonial is is like, it's powerful. And I tell you what, it's like, I... I, I wear my mask anyway. I, mean, I still go to the gym, but it's like I wear my mask religiously, and I sure. wipe down. I wipe down everything before I use it, and I wipe everything after I use it, and I maintain my distance. You know. I mean, I, I ask people. You know, it's funny you ask me that question because I've had people ask me that same question, friends of mine. You know, and people on Facebook and stuff have whispered me, "Oh, it's you know, it's no big deal. You know, you just got." the bad part of it, you know, I'm like, look, man, so, so what, do you think it happened to you? I mean, what, you, again, if you think you're Mr. Tough guy or Superman with a big F in your chest, what about your family? You know, what about, what about your family? What if it does happen to you? 
and your family has to go through what well, my mom and son just went through with me. You know, mm-hmm. wondering every day if I'm going to let this be alive or not. I mean, literally, the, the emotional issues my mom and son went through over me the past five, um, you know, four and a half, five months, I wouldn't put on anybody's family. So, yeah, you may think you're a Mr. Tough guy, but do it for your family. I mean, again, what's the downside of, 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 of being safe? There is no downside, you know? Mm-hmm. So, anyway, that's my two thoughts, my two cents. All right. Well, Trey, thank you so much. I'm going to keep you my prayers and just, you know, hang in there. You got, you still got a lot of, of work, course, no. a lot of work here left to do. Yeah, a lot of, I'm not done just yet. You know, That's uh, right. uh, I, the funny part is, you know, I, I joke about it, but I must be damn tough to kill. <laughs> damn hard <laughs> to kill. All I've gone through my life and I'm still kicking, man. I got to be damn hard to kill. So, you know, if this didn't take me out, I'm not sure what's going to take me out. If this didn't take me out, I'm not sure what it's going to be. But all right, sweetie, thank you, babe. All we'll right, talk soon, you. okay? All right. All right. Talk. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay, everybody. So, again, that was Trey Mooney, um, U.S. Marine, tough as nails. And to hear the testimony that he gives about COVID, I mean, he didn't really think it would, you know, it would happen to him because he is so healthy because he takes care of himself. He doesn't smoke. He doesn't drink. He eats well. And, um, I, I know him and I'll be honest with you. I've not seen him, but to read his story on his post on Facebook, to hear him tell a story and to hear what COVID has done to him, he's going to be affected for the rest of his life. So if you would like to know more about Trey or how to get in contact with him, please reach out to me and I will get you connected with him. If you have any questions about COVID or anything about the treatment, I mean, the majority of his treatment was done through the VA. So if there's any veterans out there that are curious about, you know, treatment through VA, um, if you have any questions about COVID testing or whatever, please get in contact with me. This is not a joke. This virus is real. I mean, my husband, Dean, had it. He was down for a month and had similar symptoms, but nothing compared to, you know, the effect that it had on his heart. Dean just had the weird cough, um, the, the fatigue, and um, just, it just basically and the sneezing, but the cough is what really got him, and it always got worse at night, pretty much what Trey said. So without... Um, Further ado, I'm I'm not going to drag this on, but just again, thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions, please reach out to me. I can be found on Instagram and on Facebook with Hey Did You Know and on Twitter under Shalane, my name. And if you want to email me or anything, you can. It's ShalaneDemrest at gmail.com. But to be honest with you, I'm always on social media, always checking my messages. So please send me a message, okay? So I'm going to go ahead and take this opportunity to just wrap it up here. Again, thank you so much. Be safe, be kind, and I'll check you out next time.